All right, let's, uh, let's get started uh, with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into class. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us. We thank you for the freedom we have to come and worship you and sing praises to you and learn, learn your word, Lord. I just ask that you be with us as we continue to study this. Uh, the series that we're going through, help it to be things, uh, learn things that we can apply to our lives and, and help ourselves grow and help us to do a better job to going out and bringing others to you, Christ. Thank you for everything you do, and it's in Christ let me pray. Amen. All right, so this week we are looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think we'll be able to get through all this in one class. It's just going to depend on the direction it goes. And um, I was going to say something, but I won't. Sorry. Uh, the, the, the direction that it goes and um, where, where we end up with this. I think this one's going to be the most interesting of these. Maybe that, and we're going to look at the fruits of the Spirit next week. But... um. Question to start this off, does anyone know, in here, know what their spiritual gift is? <laughs> Dad said being a perfect husband. <laughs> I think this is, and I've kind of talked about this in the beginning when we started. I think this is an area where we've kind of missed a little bit. We... And we'll look at the two different trains of thoughts around this, but I think this is an area where we have kind of pulled away a lot and not really tapped into the potential that we have here uh, with spiritual gifts. So there's a lot of discussion, debate around uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and there's two kind of main train of thoughts, I'll say, about when it, when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And there's cessationism, and continuationism. Anyone want to guess what those two words mean? <laughs> one quits and one keeps going. That's as simple as you can put it, right? Cessationism comes from the word to cease, right? To stop. And the thought is, or the, the, the main um, thought around this is, and, and this honestly came out of more of the uh, the Reformation uh, movement, was that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit actually stopped with the early church and the apostles. Now, some in this group talk about the miraculous gifts that stopped, and others in this group talk about all spiritual gifts, that, no one, that the Holy Spirit doesn't give any spiritual gifts anymore. Um, and that, so we're going to look at that a little bit, and, and I think... Just from where I'm coming from in the research that I've done, I end up somewhere in the middle. So we'll we'll look at that and, and we'll see. In general, our belief is that the miraculous gifts yes. were the ones that ceased. Yes. Yeah. And, and so that's what we're going to kind of look at. And that's kind of, in my, in my studies and the studies I've done, is that, yes, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit are the ones that have stopped. And we're going to kind of look at some of those. And then there's a little bit of some gray areas on some of them of whether they're actually miraculous gifts or not. And we'll look at those, and hopefully we'll have time to get to it. Continuationism is the belief that all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been mentioned in the Bible still happen to this day. And that you, you know, if you have enough faith or you've tapped into the Holy Spirit correctly, then you can do the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's where uh, your more uh, charismatic churches and, and denominations, they believe in, in that. So we'll, we'll kind of look at that a little bit. But the first thing I want to do 
is I want to look at the five things that the Holy Spirit or the spiritual gifts are not. All right, so, so I want to look at five things that they are not, and then we'll get into what they are. One, they are not natural talents. A lot of people will say or, or mention that they, they've been given a gift from God, and, it, and the more, a lot of times they're talking about their natural talents. Now, that does not mean that spiritual gifts don't complement natural talents. Uh, we, we see that, I believe, in... Um, Man, I think it was Exodus, I forget, where they're building the temple and God gives the builders the Holy Spirit and the ability to you know, craft the things for the temple and, and, and build for the temple. They, they were already craftsmen, but the Holy Spirit expanded or built upon their, their, their gift, their natural talent, and it became a, a, a more of a supernatural type gift. And so we'll look at that a little bit. God right. Else. Right. That's why they call gifts of right. spirit. Number two, it's not given to the elite few. There, there's some trains of thought that only elite, special people in the church and, and Christians get gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is not true. And we'll, and we'll look at, so for example, if we look at 1 Corinthians 12 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And we'll look at that a little bit of the reason for, for spiritual gifts and what their point is and what the meaning of them are. Number three, they're not signs of spiritual maturity. A lot of people will, will say that, well, he's this person or that person has the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they're more spiritually mature. Now, being more spiritually mature may allow you to use your gifts better, but just because you're spiritually mature does not mean that you get a gift and, and someone else does not. Number four, and I've seen this some, they're not the fruits of the Spirit. Some people will talk about people being given the gift of love and the gift of joy and those type of things. Those are actually not gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're actually fruits of the Holy Spirit, and there's a difference. And there, there are th things that are both, I say, given to us, but there, there is a difference, and we're going to look at that difference next week. And fifth, and I think most importantly, they're not something to fear. I think one of the things we've done with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that we've tried to push away or pull away so far from the, the charismatic side that we, we've kind of limited or, or, or I would say limited, the Holy Spirit and, and, and what the Holy Spirit can do through us and the, and the gifts that he, can, that, that he can work through us. So I think we need to make sure that we don't fear the spiritual gifts we need to be smart, we need to study them, we need to learn what they are, but we don't need to fear them and, and, and kind of act like they don't exist or act like the Holy Spirit doesn't exist or that the Holy Spirit is kind of this guy that's way back here that we really don't interact much with, may, may guide us every once in a while. All right, so let's look through, and we're going to look through three areas of Scripture that really kind of focus on and talk about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's, it, they're talked about in more, in more places, but these are kind of the, the three main themes and, and main areas of the Holy Spirit. The first one's in Romans 12, and we'll read this. It's uh, the, uh, Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. 
So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith uh, as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, <clears throat> if, it, is uh, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So real quick, here's a list of the gifts mentioned in Romans. Anyone disagree with that or see something that I might have missed? In this context, prophecy is in its most general definition, which means literally to speak forth. So, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to, we're going to look at that, because... What I'm going to do is I'm going to show you all the different gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, and we're going to look at them all at one time, and then we're going to kind of split them up into to two different categories. All right. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say that say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So there were some examples of here who people who were claiming to be speaking through the Holy Spirit but cursing God and, and saying things that were untrue, and so he was correcting them on that. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works them all in us. And so this goes back to a lot of their pagan roots, which he mentions in the beginning, was there was a God for this, and there was a God for that, and there was a God for every little thing under the sun, including the sun. And so what he was saying is, look, there, there are all these different gifts, there's these different works there's these all this different works that the ways that god works but it all goes back to the same god and the same spirit verse seven a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other and, and this is the, the the one thing that i think we need to focus on as well spiritual gifts are not for our improvement right for us to to, to be better to make us better to to make us look more holy or anything like that it, the, the purpose of spiritual gifts is so we can help each other out and grow the church. It was for one person to be able to help another person. The one per person the Spirit gives the to one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, <clears throat> and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who, distrib who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, at the beginning it talks about how the Spirit gives each, each Christian a gift. 
and he decides alone who, who's going to get that gift and what gift they're going to get it for and why they're going to get it. There's a, there's a reason why each person gives a different gift. So if we look through here for 1 Corinthians, we see wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, performing miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and then the gift of interpretation of those tongues. And we're, again, we're going to browse through all these and talk about each one here in a minute. And then lastly, we have Ephesians 4. <clears throat> I was going to read the whole one, but I, the whole chapter, but I, I think we can go through uh, verses 7 through 16 here. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. However, he has given each one of us a special gift, again, through the generosity of Christ. This is why the scriptures say, and, and I'll backtrack on this a little bit because there's a lot, there is some discussion on whether he's actually talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit here or is he talking about actual roles or, or in the church. So when we start talking about this, you'll see what I'm saying. Reading this and researching it, I believe he is talking about because he mentions special gifts, the spiritual gifts that, that's given, and then he goes into this. And I think, you know, if you, not think, but if you look at the, the rest of this chapter, then he goes on to unity in the body of Christ. And I think what he's talking about here is he's talking about the gifts, the special gifts. He doesn't need to go through and mention them all of them because this is Ephesians. This is later on. The church knows what the spiritual gifts are at this point. And, and, he, and he lists some that haven't been mentioned before. But then he goes in and talks about how we, we need unity and work together as one body. And, and the idea around this is we need to make sure that we are using our spiritual gifts to work together as one body as the church to grow the church. And so if we look at this then, so uh, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascends to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. And so now we get into verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue to, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And I'll come back to this verse in a minute. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. <clears throat> we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. <clears throat> so again, the gifts listed here some people would consider them more roles, and they, they are roles that we see of leadership in the church. Apostleship, prophet, evangelist, pastor or elder, and teacher. So let's look at all these real quick. 
<clears throat> now, I'll put them up here, and y'all let me know if I missed any. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I, you hear people say, I see everybody needs to be a teacher, a servant, a giver, uh, kindness, mercy, all those things. Sometimes people say, well, that's not my gift. So they, they like, that. no, 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 we, we're all to do those things, but your gift is where you're going to be the most effective at it. it. It's not that we say, oh, I have this one gift, so I don't need to try to practice any of the rest. I've, I've had people try to say that. That's yes. why I want to bring yeah. that up. No, I, I agree with that. I, I do think we, we kind of try to avoid doing certain things because, you know, serving may not be my gift, and so, therefore, I don't really want to serve, right? Now, there's some people, and I, I was going to talk about this later on. I told Lark I was going to talk about her, but there's, there's people who like Lark and Mom and, and others who, they're, they're, I would say their spiritual gift is serving. They, they love to serve. They love to do things, well, at least they it looks like they love to do things for other people. <laughs> yeah, right? And so I would say that, that, that there. Now, just because I don't typically like doing some of those things or serving in some of those ways doesn't mean that I still should not serve, right? We're all to serve the body and, and, and the Christ and serve others, but there's people who that, that's their special gift that God has given them. Um, and, and we're going to look through that. Anyone see anything on here that I might have missed? Because I really tried to make sure I, I got all these, but they start to blur together a little bit. At the, I think I come up with about 19 all told. All right, so like Dad mentioned, and, and, and the Church of Christ tends to teach, that, that the gifts are separated into two, two categories. Your, your miraculous gifts and your non-miraculous gifts. The miraculous gifts, meaning they, they usually have some sort of miracle behind them. It's not natural. It's very supernatural and you know, not something you would see every day. And so here's a list, and, and this is kind of the list that I've, that I've come up with and looked at and, and, and as, as I study this of the miraculous gifts. Now, some of them I put in parentheses with a question mark because it depends on how you interpret and how some people interpret the, what, what these were. So... The first one, apostleship. We don't have apostles today, right? If they did, they've lived a very long time. So the, the, the gift of apostleship was given to a select few at the beginning of the church, and their, their goal was to, um, to basically establish and start the church. They usually had what we would refer to as, um, the Bible mentions, uncommon spiritual gifts or un, the ability to, to perform uncommon miracles. Uh, we see that with Peter when he raises someone from the dead. Um, Paul, his was that, um, it mentions in Acts, he, um, his was so well, uh, his, his miraculous gifts was so strong that if he had touched a handkerchief and then someone else behind him came and touched it, it would actually heal them. So those are, those are the miraculous gifts. We, we don't see those type of apostleship type gifts anymore also there were some rules around being an apostle you had to have been with christ witnessed his miracles and been at was it the resurrection seen him after the resurrection. i can't remember all the 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 it's in acts where it talks about the bringing on the, the apostles so we don't have apostleships or the gift of apostleship today i'm gonna come back to prophecy healing 
the gift of healing. Now, there's two interpretations of this one, but I, I've put it in the miraculous sign. The gift of healing was me being able to go up, touch someone, and heal them through the, uh, the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, some people will take this interpretation in, in Corinthians and the others and say, well, it's not so much that, but it's more, I, you know, that person seems to, if they pray for you or um, if they, uh, you know, if they are you're in their thoughts and prayers, then it seems like God listens to their prayers about healing more. I, don't re I can't really find the text for that. I can see maybe where they, they can come up with that. But I think this was more talking about the miraculous of being able to heal people just by touching them and, you know, basically be healing them that, that miraculous way. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't pray for people and see them get well and heal. We've seen miracles. And I'll talk about some of this other stuff on a little bit where we some special occasions maybe. All right, the ability to perform miracles. Uh, this was things like raising people from the dead, you know, those type of things. We, we don't see that in this day. I, I feel that if people had the ability to perform miracles through the Holy Spirit, we probably wouldn't see things like COVID being as bad as it was. We, you know, we, we, we'd be able to do a little bit more about that. So we'll look at that. And then we're going to look at the final reason for these. And then lastly, tongues and interpretation of tongues. There's been a lot of misinterpretation around what tongues are. Tongues, if you actually look at the, the translation in the Greek, was basically, it was, speaking in another language that you did not know, right? That already existed, right? And then you had to have someone who was there who spoke that language who could interpret it. And so this, was, this happened a lot. We see this a whole lot in Acts because you had the day of Pentecost where all these groups of people are in Jerusalem that speak all these different languages, and you have a group of apostles who need to get that message out to as many people as they can the only way they can. Now, back in that day, I didn't have Google Translator where I could speak into it and it translate for me, right? So this was the only way. So they, they spoke in tongues, and in fact, it shocked the people so much what they were able to do because it didn't make sense to them. They were speaking and hearing them in their own language. They understood that these people did not speak their language, but yet they were, they were hearing it. And so they actually thought they were drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning because of this ability. But what it was is God had given them the, the ability to speak in, for the, someone, in a language for, and for someone else to understand it. And so that is what speaking in tongues was. It wasn't just a bunch of gibberish that then someone else tries to interpret. It was the speaking of a language that already existed that someone else knew, and there had to be someone in there who could interpret that language. And we, and we look at that. So what was the purpose of the miraculous gifts? To spread the gospel and to grow the church, right? Until a time came where they had the Word of God, which we, we call the Bible, and where it was no longer needed anymore. Right? So the, the, the gifts of being able to heal and perform miracles, that was so they, they could show and have proof and give evidence of the church and who it was and who these people were. Anyway, I mean, in that, in that day and age, you had a lot of people claiming to be the next religious person, right? The next big thing. The next, so the, only, the way they were able to prove that is by actually showing that they had the power of God 
behind them. Same thing with the tongues. They needed to be able to spread the gospel. We didn't have the, the translators and the technology like we have today. They needed to be able to do those type of things. Now, prophecy, I've, I've listed prophecy in here. And, and again, it depends on how you translate this. I think it can go in both, both categories. Prophecy, as Dad said, was really being able to speak the Word of God. But, and, and, and being able to, and we would probably put it more in the, the preacher category, I think, today on, based on some translations. Now, some people see it as prophecy of actually seeing the future, you know, more of a prophet-type type translation of God giving me special knowledge of things that are going to happen in the future. And, and, and so... 14 talked about yeah. the, the miraculous gift of prophecy yeah. where God would give the church or put people something to say because, again, they didn't have the written word. Yep. So, so they got it directly from God into the world. They, they yes. you know, had the word distributed. Yeah. So... So there was that miraculous aspect to it at one yeah. time. Yes. So I, I really think that, and like Dad said, the, the gift of prophecy was so that you know like they did not have the written word, so they needed someone to be able to, to give the word of God. We have the word of God, so we do not need that type of prophecy anymore. But I, I do think that one splits. I, I think that one splits and, and falls into two categories. I do believe people have the gift of prophecy in the fact of, they, they, their people are given the ability, a special gift of being able to teach, uh, not just teach, but, but talk the Word of God in, in more of a, a preaching type and, and scenario of being able to spread the message of God. I think, that, I think that is still a gift today. So those are kind of the, the miraculous gifts. Now, here's something I'm going to say, and this is my personal belief. All right? I, I don't have a, a ton of textual uh, scripture to, to fall behind us. I still believe that these things happen today. But I don't believe that individuals have that special ability on their own to continuously do it. And, and I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. And we, and we don't really see it, well we have seen it some in the United States, where someone who is sick comes to the church, they are and when I say sick, I mean, you know, the, we, there's examples of people who've gotten, you know, stage three, stage four cancer diagnosis where they were told, look, you're not going to live more than six months. They come forward, they're prayed for, they lay hand, hands are laid on them, kind of with the example of the Bible. They go back and get scanned again, and everything's clear and gone. Now, some people will say, well, there was just a mix up or a mistake. No, I, I, I believe they were healed. Now, they did not. And this is where I'm trying to be careful. It wasn't those people who prayed for them and touched them that healed them. It was God or the Holy Spirit, I believe. But I do believe that there are examples of those things that happen. Now, I'm not talking about what I, I call the, the faith healer type things where I wave my hand and everyone falls over in the pews and you know that kind of stuff or where you come up and I lay my smack in the forehead and or, you know, and you're healed, and you go. I, I don't believe in that, but I do believe through prayer, and I, and I believe it's through the Holy Spirit that people can be healed. I think we've seen it over and over through our prayers and through through those different things. So I think that gift of healing, that aspect of it, is still there. Go ahead. When we say certain things can't happen, then we put a limitation on God. Yes. 
time because God can do anything he wants to do. Yeah. So yeah. if he wants to heal somebody, he will heal them. Yeah. <clears throat> now it's not like... And, it's enough to, to, to go to him and say, hey, we really need this, Lord, and we want to help this. And I don't know why he doesn't answer every time. I don't, you know, that's yeah. God again. But I've seen, like you, I've seen people that were in bad shape in good shape, just like that. Just like that, yeah. And so I, I think, like, I like what you, what you said. I don't want us to limit God. I don't want us to limit the Holy Spirit by saying, well, these things are completely gone and don't happen anymore. Sometimes we get that accusation, well, if you don't believe in uh, you know, these things today, then you're, you're trying to limit God. And I think there are two different categories. We don't limit God. God yeah. can, as Steve said, he can do what he wants to do and he does, and I think we've seen evidence of it in a marvelous way. We cannot even understand all about God. No. And, and he's omnipotent, all-powerful. He has no limitations. And so if God chooses to, to heal somebody because you pray for him, uh, the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and God listens to those prayers. There's evidence of that in the Bible. And if God himself decides to heal somebody, man alive, yep. that's, that's wonderful. That's what we pray for. Oh, yeah. I mean, why, yeah. Would he, why would we even pray for somebody to be healed if we don't believe God's going to do yep. that? It's just that he doesn't have to work through man right. to do it, so, no. so to speak, yeah. like they did in the early church. Right, right. And so I, 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 that's my, my big thing. I want to make sure we do not limit... Like, I'll give you another example. I, I was doing some research and listening to someone. Now, you can take it for what it is, but, I mean, just from, from the research I did, this person seemed like a very credible person, but it was someone who was doing missions work overseas. And they were in an area where they did not have an interpreter, and they uh, come across, across a group of people who did not speak English, and no one spoke their language. They were able to talk to each other and understand each other. They put, that in, they put that in a miraculous sign of speaking in tongues because they were able to talk to someone who did not know their language and they, the other people did not know, they didn't know each other's languages. Now, if that's 100% true, I don't know. But it, it came from a person and a source that, that I, I find to be credible. So there's not to say that these things still can't happen. They just don't happen willingly like they used to and how they wanted to. Like, I mean, they could just speak in tongues because they had the ability and they knew they had the power to speak in tongues and they would do it. Go ahead. I'm not sure exactly what the scripture is, but it talks about when the apostles laid their hands on people and they were given certain gifts. Yes. I can't remember where it is right now, but and it, it seems to me that, that from historical writing, not the Bible, that by the time the apostles had all passed and the ones that the apostles had laid their hands on, that was the end of those types of gifts. Yes. Raising people from the dead. Yep. Uh, healing, just, I mean, like, you know, like putting your hands on them and healing them, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, so my whole thing, and then to that point, and, and where we're gonna, I was going to go, it actually looks like, it, and, and this is, again, some interpretation, some people's thoughts around this, that by the time Paul was writing Philippians, that he himself may have actually already lost the ability to heal. And if you look at Philippians 2, and, and I won't read the, and I forgot to put the, um, the verse down here, but he talks about, uh, 
oh, I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. It's a weird name. But, um, ah, I hate that. But anyways, how he was very sick and ill, and by God's mercy, he got better. Now, our thought would be, but this, and this may be around the, the, the reason for the gifts, maybe the gifts wasn't just to be able to heal people so you could heal them, but the thought would be, well, why didn't Paul just go ahead and, and heal him? Why did we have to wait for, for God to, to allow him, by God's grace, for him to get better? So there, there's some train of thought around that, that maybe even they, by, by the time the, the church had been established and everything was, was, was going, that they even themselves may have started to lose some of the supernatural gifts that they had. Now, that's not 100% solid. It's just some thought around that because of some of the things that, that you see there. And so that, that's just kind of a, a thought, but, but Ken is right. I mean, the, the whole reason for these gifts was to, to establish and prove and show the power of God in the church. One law, what Ken says, many other signs, meaning miraculous signs, Jesus performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. In other words, John said, they had a whole lot of signs, miracles Jesus did that, you know, wasn't even put down yeah. because he did so many. But anyway, verse 31 but these have been written. Why, why, why do we know about them today? Yep. These have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Yep. And, and that's what we get through the Bible today, exactly the same thing. Yep. And so that, that, that's pretty much, I really think, sums up the, the miraculous side and the miraculous gifts. Now, the non-miraculous, there's a lot more. And, I, and I'll kind of go through these. Evangelist which is um, someone who has the gift of, of evangelism, right? They, they, are, they are strong and wanting to go out. And now, now, like Dad said, just because you might not have the gift of evangelism or being an evangelist doesn't mean that you should still shouldn't do it. Pastor or elder, I believe that is a gift. No one, I think, really just says, hey, I really want to be an elder. That is not an easy job. And so I think there's a, a, a what well, some people call calling or gift to, to do uh, those those type of things. Teachers. We're all to be teachers, but some of us are given the gift of teaching. Uh, for an example, and I'm not saying this just because she's my wife, I think Helen has the gift of teaching. If you ever watch her in any of her classes, she does an excellent job in connecting with, especially with the younger uh, kids, of connecting with them and teaching them. Serving. I think there are some of us who are given the gift of serving, some of them are not. There are some people I know who do not have the gift of serving. But there are others, like I talked about with Lark and Mom and, and, and others that, that we know. Um, Kathy Fletcher's one, you know, I, I believe that has the gift of serving. And, I, and if I don't say your name, it's, 
not an insult. Please don't take it. I'm, I'm just saying, I want to I try to give some examples so we can see maybe what these gifts look like. Encouragement. Chuck's here today. Chuck's a lot of things. <laughs> I, but I, I do, I fervently believe that one of Chuck's gifts, and this is another thing, it, it was with these gifts. We don't just, everyone just doesn't get like one single gift. and, and not, I think we're given different aspects of, of multiple gifts sometimes. But Chuck, he is a very encouraging person, right? Chuck will always, even if you do a horrible job, he will compliment you and tell you you did a good job. And so we see that giving. That's interesting to me because you, when I, you think about it, you don't think of give, giving as being a, a spiritual gift, but it is. Now, we're all to give, but there are some people who like to give. That, that is their, their passion, right, of a giving. Uh, sometimes, a lot, mostly I think we're referring to as financially, but I think even of themselves sometimes. There, are some, there was one um, example I was reading and looking at a, of a guy and his wife, and his wife every year... What she asked for is they have a giving budget, and what she asked for every single year is for her giving budget to be increased. She has the gift of giving. She loves to give away the money and the, fund, the resource they have. Go ahead. Well, if I had as much as so-and-so, I could give more. Yeah. Uh-uh, the gift of giving, I've seen people that like the widows. My, yep. She had a gift of giving. Had very little, but was still willing to share what they had, yes. and, and that's yep. a gift. Yep. There's people that have a lot and they ain't willing to share. No, that's, that's the truth. That is true. So, so giving, I think, is a unique one because it is one, like Dad said, is you'll see people who, you know, you, you think of multimillionaires. Well, you know, you say, well, Bill Gates has the gift of giving. He gives away a billion dollars. Well, I, I won't go into that. But anyways, um, um, you know, I'll let that one lie. But anyways, just because I have, you know, several billion dollars, if I give a billion dollars, that doesn't give me the gift of giving just because I gave that much. It's what's behind it. Now, if I have, if I make $40 billion a year and I give away 39, then you know, maybe that person's got the gift of giving. And so it could be a percentage. I may make $10,000 a year, but if I give away half of it, then I'd say that person probably has the gift of giving because they, are, they, are, they, they don't mind maybe not having certain things in order to give to God. And so I think that's, that is a gift, that it is something that comes along. It's not natural, right? It is not natural to, to want to give away a lot of your stuff. You know, that, that, you know we looked at the, this before. Selfishness tends to be human nature and natural, not just giving away everything. Leadership, this is a, a, a gift that God gives us. And then the Bible talks about it. If you, if you are given the gift of leadership, then you need to lead and do it well. Kindness and mercy, this is another gift. You know, because kindness and mercy tend to not to be things that we naturally lean to. Now, there are people who I would say are naturally kind and naturally merciful, but as you become a Christian, God, I think, builds on top of these, like we talked about earlier. He gives you that gift and expands it. And you, and you see people who, I mean, you wonder sometimes uh, how they, they do it. Someone can come and just punch them in the face, and they're going to be like, oh, well, that's okay. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be like, you know, they have a gift of kindness and mercy because most people, I know, I, I don't have this particular gift, I don't think very deeply, because if someone did that to me, I would fight back, right? So, we have that. The gift of wisdom. Solomon had this gift, right? He asked for it, and, and God gave it to him. And so you do, you see people who are, are wise, right? They, 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 have, they seem to just have a, 
not only through life experiences, but they just seem to, to know more and understand more, and you can go and talk to them, and, and they're, they're good for people for getting advice. Knowledge. Some people have the gift of knowledge, being able to just know things, right? Uh, There's some people who, me, like, I, this is, and this doesn't necessarily make you a, a more spiritual or more, more better, better, or more better, a better Christian. But there are some people, and this is one I struggle with, is they can memorize Scripture and tell you the book, chapter, and verse, where everything is, and it's just like they seem to have that special knowledge of being able to do that. Me, I have to look it up. And, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you what John 3.16 is. I can tell you, but that general detailed knowledge, it, it, that, that slips away from me when trying to memorize a thing. I know where it's at, and I can usually find it. Go ahead. Study God's word. We all get knowledge, but I think some people, the gift is that they're able to seem to apply it a yeah. whole lot quicker and better than other folks. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And then faith, the gift of faith. I, 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 there's a lot of people I think, but the one person that I, I met in my life that I know had the gift of faith, and his name was Pappy Hillenberg, and um, wonderful person. We went through a lot um, younger. But I don't think I've ever seen anyone who had more faith than he did. And, and that was a, definitely a gift of the Holy Spirit because of, of what was, it was given to you. You could tell it was given to him because it was not natural. So but does that mean that just because some people may have more faith through a gift that, that makes them more important? No, like I said, all of these, or the whole purpose of these is for every one of us. Oh, I've got three minutes. Um, <laughs> to uh, for everyone is to use these gifts to help each other out. So, I'm going to go into 1 Peter 4, 10-11. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So, and we're going to talk about this. You need to figure out what your gift is. And once you really kind of hone in on what that gift is, you need to apply it and apply it this way. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So if you don't know your gifts, then we can't grow the church. We can't help each other out. So I think this is where we really need to dig down and figure out what are our spiritual gifts? What is it? And so I got five things, and I'm going to go through them real quick on how to, to, to discover your spiritual gifts. One, study what the Bible says, right? Look at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Go through, read those, study those, look at the gifts, look at what we we've just went through here. Ask God to show you your gifts. You know, pray for it. Say, hey, Lord, show me what my gifts are. Examine what you enjoy and do well. What comes natural, right? When you're serving God or in His church, what, what is it that you enjoy doing and that you do well, that you know you do well? Tap into that and then focus on it and do it with everything that you have. Number four, and I put this one on here because it's interesting. Take a spiritual gifts test. Now, there's some out there. Just do a Google search, spiritual gifts test. Now, there's some that kind of get into some, some weird things, but... But for the most part, they focus on, on the non-miraculous side. And you can and it has you ask a ton of questions. And it, by your answers, it kind of gives you an area of where maybe some of your gifts are. And I, and I did it, and, and it kind of filled in pretty much 
close to uh, where I feel that a lot of my spiritual, my spiritual gifts are. And five, we've been talking about it. Do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Pray about it, you know. Talk to God and do what you're led to do. One of the things I've learned over the years is God will put you into situations where your gifts can be used. And he'll guide you. How he guides you through the Holy Spirit, through himself. However he guides you, he will guide you into those areas. But, but focus on those areas. Because I'm telling you, if the church wants to grow and be strong and be united and do it, we have to tap into our, to our gift. If we do not, then the church won't grow. Go ahead. I was just mad at that. Don't continue to try to shove something you are not good at. Yes. I've known people insisted they were going to be preachers and they killed the church. <laughs> yeah. They're not. Yep. And I don't mean that in a mean way. That's not their gift. They have other gifts, you know. If y'all was to put me in charge of the sound room, we, we <laughs> done, you know. That's yep. not my gift. And so... So find where your gift is. Don't try to do what you're not good yeah. at. And I think on the other side of that, we as Christians, maybe those who um, are encouragers or, or have the different, some different gifts, you know, we need to get away from the side of things of, well, that person wants to serve there and we don't want to hurt their feelings, so we're going to let them serve there. That seems like the Christian thing to do, but actually it's pretty mean. Right? If someone's not good at something and you know they're not good at something, why would you continue to let them try to do something that you know that they're probably not going to be successful at? And, not, you know, and so, again, on surface that may seem mean, but we need to be there for each other. You know, if someone comes up and tells me I'm doing a horrible job teaching and I need to stop, then I, then I guess I'll stop. But <laughs> we'll see. Right, I'm, I'm ignoring your dear beeper. All right, last thing. So 1 Corinthians 14.1. Let love be your highest goal. And we're going to look at this next week. But the most important thing that we need to focus on is love. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives you. And then it talks about the special ability to prophesy. We need to love, and we're going to look at love next week. But you need to desire your special gifts, your special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives you. And you need to plug into those. Because if you don't, you're not going to be the Christian that you could be and that you should be. And so we, we need to really focus in on and get on those. So, like I said, next week we are going to look at the fruits of the Spirit. Those are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know that because I've sang the song like a million times. I don't know if we'll get through all of them because we're going to look at each one on an individual basis. So this may take two weeks. But be here because I think, I think not only is the spiritual side, knowing our spiritual gifts is important, I don't think we've focused on that enough. But the other side is I don't really think we've done a good job so a lot of times in focusing on what our fruit should be, what the fruits of the Spirit should be, and plugging into those and showing those to others as well. So we'll do that next week. Thank you.